Corona Chronicle Session 17 with Keith Saracen of the Industry United Facebook group, uh, doing some really great stuff, bringing the industry together, what they were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time, bringing people together. They went from like zero to 19,000 members of this group in like a week which just blows my mind, which just goes to show there's a lot of people out there looking for answers. And uh, I think the, the big takeaway from today's conversation is that we need to come together reg- regardless of whatever platform you're on, whoever you represent or whoever you're associated with right now. The most important thing is regardless of who we are with or who we represent or who we work for, we're together pulling in the same direction, sharing knowledge and on that mentality of community coming together there's an app out there called the seasoned app. It was an app built exclusively for the service industry to build community and to unite the, the, uh, hospitality and service industry together. They're putting some really great content out there. They're filtering through everything that's being shared online and kind of finding the best of the best and creating some of their own unique content. Uh, this is an app that is free to sign up for. Head over to seasoned.co. That's not com, but co slash unstoppable. Again, that's seasoned.co slash unstoppable. It's on uh, iOS and Android. And again, this is a free community. And like I mentioned, during times like this, there cannot be enough out there for us to get good information to start pulling in the right direction. So a special thanks to the seasoned app and to Industry United for uh, making time to support uh, this mission of togetherness. Here you go. Here's Keith. All right, here we are. I have Keith Saracen joining us today. Keith, my man, how are you? I am so fantastic, man. Just the best you can be. You got to put on a positive spirit. Yeah. So um, you're new to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners uh, doing a little bit of research. It seems like you got a pretty, uh, you seem like a pretty successful operator. Tell us a little bit more about who you are. Uh, sure. So I've uh, been in this industry uh, since I was 14 years old, grew up in, in Nashua, New Hampshire, which is my mom oh, no and I shit. And, uh, wanted a mountain bike when I was 14. So she's like, go work for it. Uh, so I started washing dishes and uh, never wanted to be a chef. Still, some days I still don't know if I want to be, um, but I fell in love with the industry uh, through a friend of mine named Steve. And he kept uh, kept going from job to job saying, hey, come on. Hey, come on. Uh, then he would fire me <laughs> and like you do in the industry, you keep working and putting your head down and um, got some great opportunities along the way. Uh, Steve uh, ended up being a mentor to me uh, before he passed away, um, you know, at an early age uh, from cancer, uh, which was hard. Uh, but during that, I really understood what hospitality and, and, you know, cooking meant. Uh, so I got to cook some of the things that I loved for him. Uh, so it was an amazing journey through that. Um, then in 2012, started a company called The Farmer's Dinner. And uh, basically, the premise was I was tired of sourcing apples and all that stuff from 3,500 miles away. So I wanted to go hang out with farmers. Um, so since then, uh, basic concept was we wanted to do dinners on farms all across New England. Uh, since then, since 2012, we've done 87 sold out dinners, uh, fed, 100, uh, fed about 15,000 people at this point and given $125,000 back to local farms, which has been really incredible. So it's afforded me a lot of opportunities. Uh, last year, uh, my business partner, Chris Vio, who is an incredible chef and much better than me, 
for sure. Uh, him and I partnered together and, uh, and we opened something called Greenleaf. Um, and Greenleaf is an homage to uh, the architect who built the building, um, who did the first renovation in 1904 named Luther Greenleaf. Uh, same concept where we source from over 16 different farms. Uh, we love what we do. I speak farmer, which is a whole nother language than speaking chef. And um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Keith, um, have we, have we come in contact before? Have you reached out to me before? I feel like I know you. I, you know, we probably do. This industry is small. Yeah, man. And I honestly had no clue that you're out of Nashua, New Hampshire. I'm from New Hampshire. I'm from Exeter and I went to school in Nashua, New Hampshire. So that's why I said no shit when you started talking <laughs> earlier. Cause I dude, the world, like, I'm just taking interviews left and right right now. I think what you've created, uh, the reason why, uh, I think I, I, you might've reached out to me like four or five years ago when I was uh, still in that area. And uh, I, I apologize for not connecting the dots if that's the case. Uh, but what the, you know, you came back onto my radar of what you created uh, right now with uh, industry United, which I think is incredible what you're doing. Uh, you had the foresight going back eight days ago on the 12th of uh, March to put together this uh, collective of people just sharing best practices, uh, how to handle uh, the coronavirus, and what you're doing with this Facebook group is what I'm trying to do. We're, we're very aligned in our mission just to pull everybody together in one place to share best practices, knowledge, uh, you know, hope. I don't, well, I don't want to put words into your mouth on what you're trying to do with Industry United. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Well, thanks, man. You make me sound way cooler than I am. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Industry United, to be really upfront and vulnerable with it is is a project that not even a project. Um, I, I left the restaurant um, that day and I I was scared. Um, straight up, I was scared. I, you know, Greenleaf has been open for eleven months. Um, everything I own is in this project. Uh, Chris's blood, sweat, tears, his family. Um, that man is an incredible, incredible chef and worker. And I left that day trying to figure out what the world was about to become. Mm. I texted a friend of mine named George uh, who owns Earth's Harvest Kitchen in Dover, New Hampshire. And I was like, man, I wish there was a resource where all of us could just get together and talk. Um, I, uh, I did a lot of work in the Boston scene and there some great chefs out there. And so I have a lot of friends in Boston. Um, so I decided, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to create a group and I'm going to invite a lot of my Boston friends, um, a lot of the friends that I have up in this area in New England, and just kind of just give us an open forum to talk about fears and securities, talk about, you know, the financial hardships that we might face. Uh, I knew this thing was going to be big. Um, I followed it for a while. Uh, my my girlfriend is a nurse practitioner. Um and she's she's wonderful and really has has kept me on top of all this stuff. So basically, I uh, created a group. I invited Kate Holacek, who's an amazing pastry chef at a ledger in Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, I Salem, know, Mass. Kate. We went to high school together. My God, oh, dude, you're on. blowing my mind right now. Kate, what's up, girl? Oh, Kate's Kate's the bomb. Um, and so we've we've done we've cooked together so many times. Uh, I invited George. I invited a lot of our, our crew over at Greenleaf. And I expected us to have, you know, maybe a couple hundred people at most. This was not a, not something I was looking to grow. I told Kate, it's not about self-promotion. I'm not going to talk about where I work or the books I've written and all that shit. So um, the next thing I know, uh, it's 24 hours and we had over 2,000 people. And then in 48 hours, we had 7,000 people. And now we're sitting at um, coming up to 18,000 people. 17,623 to be exact. Yeah, which is insane. Um, you know, the rules of this thing are pretty straightforward. 
um, this is going to have a like life cycle. I'm going to shut this thing down at some point when this is all said and done. And to me, that's going to be a victory because this, this forum is not about us trying to promote who we are or our restaurants. This forum is about love, respect, and community. Yes. And I, I don't take that lightly, man. There's a lot of people out there who are scared and like, that's okay to be scared. You know, in our industry, we, we tend to not show fear, right? You know, you get burned. What do you do? You freaking sear that shit on a plancha and you keep rolling. Yeah. You know, it's, that's not what we're here to do this. You can't sear this on a plancha. You can't wrap this in, in, in gauze. You know, this is something that's completely different in an uncharted territory. And I think my whole premise with it, with this was to give people access to resources because there's a lot of chatter in the world mm-hmm. right now, you know, Sometimes we just need a whisper in a world that just shouts all the time. And I was hoping that through this message of Industry United, people can cut through the chatter and find the resources they need to keep going. Yeah. And I think I, I love that mentality and I'm like to kind of compound off that with these uh, like shotgun day by day interviews I'm doing. I'm, I'm right there with you. We, we need to come together. If we're, if the industry is going to get through this, we're going to get through it eventually, no matter what. But I feel like if we could be, Every organization that I know of out there, right? Every successful organization, one of the, the key things that makes them successful is everybody that's a part of that organization is on the same page and they're pulling in the same direction. So we need to start thinking of our industry as a collective organization and pulling in the same direction. And we need resources like this, sharing best practices, sharing inspiration, making an example of people and letting people know, hey, like there, there are things we can do collectively that will get us through this much faster. And I can see that it shines through with what you're trying to create, which is why I got so excited to, to get you on to, and to share what you guys are doing over here. Thanks, man. And, and honestly, perfectly said, that's exactly what it's about. Like, it's easy to derail, right? It's easy to get political in this climate when everyone's afraid. And so when I was when I was cooking, I have a psych degree. And so, you know, this Dude, when I see friends. this stuff happening, I'm looking at the stages of grief throughout societal kind of means right now from the societal glasses, I guess is a better way of putting it. And I'm watching pockets of people get angry. I'm watching pockets of people in denial. And I keep going, man, like, the one thing that's going to cut through all this grief is people coming together to sh- to say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, we're stronger than this. This industry is such an amazing tool to show people what you and I have done for years together. Because you know when it's Mother's Day and you got tickets out the ass and you can't see a solitary thing but a ticket board and you're hearing that machine go, your head's down. It's like being in a foxhole. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If I look at it now, it's a lot like being in a foxhole, but as a collective, you know, there's going to be a time where we need to talk about how the industry moves forward. But the most important thing that we can be discussing as an industry is how to keep people safe, how to keep our family safe, and subsequently, how to keep people nourished and fed. Okay, so right now, what, I, what I'm hoping is for the rest of this conversation, we talk about that. I mean, uh, the past eight days, you have this massive community of people, people sharing knowledge, people sharing best practices. What can you can you try to summarize that? I know that's a hard thing to do, but what are the biggest takeaways that you've come to gather over this past eight days? Um, great question. Um, and honestly, it's evolving all the time. That's that's the first thing I'd say. You know, um, I am I'm I'm blessed because I have an incredible community around me to support me during the course of all this. Um, I'm nothing without my my friends and, and my business partners. Um, and the reason I say that to launch into your question is this. It is hard as hell right now to figure out what the right thing to do is, right? 
we think about basic laws, you know, don't kill, right? It's, it's easy to figure that one out. But at the same point, we're in uncharted territory. So is it right to open? Is it right to close? Is it right to do takeaway? Is it right to file for unemployment? I don't know. I am not that smart. I know that what, all we have to do is gut check during this time and come together. You know, we, you know, in, in our organization, our restaurant group, we have had so many hours of talks leading up to this. I cannot explain to you how trying this is from a partnership perspective, but the people behind me and the, and the support that we give each other is unparalleled in this industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't always see eye to eye and that's okay. So I think the first step is, is kind of forming some sort of, of relationship of, Hey, you know what? It's okay not to have answers. Um, yeah, we, we have no we is, have no uh, history to point to and say, well, what did they do in the past? Like we're unter- right. we're uncharted territory. Sorry for interrupting. Keep going. Oh, oh no, no, not at all, man. Um, yeah, we you're you're perfectly said. You know, I we don't have any roadmap of this. Even the people that we look up to, the Ming size, the you know, the restaurant tours. Uh, Chris Himmel is a really good example of this in the Boston community. Um, Ken and Jamie, you know, like in the Boston community, people that we look up to, we're looking to them for guidance because they're industry leaders. And even they're like, well, well, shit, like this is uncharted territory. So I think acknowledging that we don't have the answers and that's okay. Just being with that moment. The second part of this that I think is really important. And I don't know if I'm veering off your question. Really? No, man, man. do do what you got to do. The second part that I cannot stress enough and probably is the most quintessential element of this is mental health. Yeah. Period right? You think about how trying this industry is to begin with. You think about addiction, you think about all of the shit that happens behind the scenes in this industry. And now everything that you've worked for, I have so many friends who have have independent restaurants who poured their livelihoods into this, who are texting me saying, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't know how to pay my rent. Yeah, I'm scared too. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. We're just going to keep moving forward. And so the mental health toll on this, the amount of stress that myself and my business partners have been on, I cannot quantify in a million years. It, the amount of mental help that this society is going to need um, moving forward is something we need people to band together. We need to start taking time where we shut off our phones for 10 minutes and just focus on our breathing, just focus on stillness, being mindful of our feelings. That shit to me is the most important thing, period. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why it's so important for us to band together, uh, become united, uh, like what you're trying to do with your, your platform is because it's important to know right now for our mental health that we're not alone, that hundreds of right. thousands of, if not millions of industry professionals, owners are going through, I don't know how many restaurant owners there are in our country, but we're all going through it. Whatever that number is, all of us are going through it. So you're not alone. You, um, you're not at a disadvantage. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're right there with us all. I think that's just having that perspective because we get so close to our own business, right? That we, we get blinded by the, by everything else. You know, we, we can't see the big picture. Sometimes the big picture is you're not alone is what I'm trying to communicate. You're hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Like you're not. And, and honestly, don't we feel alone? I mean, right now, we're, we're self-isolating. We're, we're quarantined. You know, we're getting to the point where we're going to, we're going to be isolated for an extended period of time. Yeah. You know, you look at where California has gone, New York, Illinois, and subsequently Connecticut today, the 
by the time you guys listen to this, depending on when this goes out, Massachusetts is the next domino to fall there, where it's only essential travel to grocery stores and medical. That's it. Like it's going to start where you see Italy is going is where this is going. And that's not to make people afraid. It's to empower them to take the couple of steps to go. What do I do next? Yeah. We're, I mean, we got like this uh, crystal ball right now. We kind of peer into the future. Uh, we've never had access to this type of technology before. And just to give you an, an idea of what uh, we're talking about, literally what Keith is saying, how this thing is taking off. I just refreshed. Uh, I'm, I've been keeping this coronavirus COVID uh, global cases by the Center of System Science. I don't know why the title of this thing so long, but it's a, a, a interactive live um, up to up to the minute like uh, step. I don't know what they like. A, 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 it basically tells you the numbers by country, by by state, uh, how many people have been affected, how many people have died, how many people have recovered. Uh, I just refreshed this. And it's maybe been two hours. We're at two hundred and sixty-six thousand and change. Uh, with that one fresh re- refresh in the past two hours, it jumped from two thousand two hundred thousand two hundred and sixty-six. Wow, I might have to edit this up. Two hundred and sixty-six thousand to two hundred and seventy-one thousand in one hours. So to give you an idea, this thing's spreading exponentially. Uh, that's like the word to explain what's happening. It's it's exponential. So um, yeah. You know, just to kind of reinforce what you're saying, this thing is serious. You know, to that point, and it's hard because, right, like somebody's going to listen to that and they're going to get really afraid. And I get that. It's okay. Again, I cannot stress enough. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be unsure. Here's what we're talking about, though. This isn't the end of the industry. This is going to be the end of a lot of things for some people. This is not the end of humanity. We will, we will survive through this. We will get back up on our feet. And I cannot stress that enough. You know, it's the doom and gloom that everyone hears it a thousand times a day. This is happening. This is happening. We need people like you. We need this podcast. We need you guys to start spreading good information. Yes. I couldn't agree more. So we've covered right now, um, mental health. We covered, uh, the first thing that you said was, which was basically summarize that first thing for me real quick. I want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, sure. Um, having a great support group. Okay. That was really, really it. So great support group, mental health. What else have you learned? What, what, uh, specific, specific, I'm, this, you're like my sixth interview for the day, by the way, my <laughs> brain is starting to get fried. What specific things have you pulled that, um, might not be privy to the rest of the industry like that we can bring to the surface to, to pass forward to everybody? Sure. Let me try to, um, shock on a couple of these things while you're looking, uh, number- um, I, I did see one comment. Uh, I think it was you that paraphrased. Maybe I, th- I think it was you that paraphrased that like there might like either we all buckle down and the whole economy shuts down for a certain period of time, or we kind of accept that this is amongst us and we choose to live with it and we choose to take the hits. Is that, did you see that yep. post? Was that you? Uh, I, I had, if it wasn't me, I have one very, very similar to that. Okay. Do you want to re- reflect on that or is there something else you want to speak to? Uh, a bunch. I'll go as long as you want. All right. <laughs> um, so, so let's let's talk tackle that first. Um, we we are faced with a choice right now. I fundamentally believe this to my core. We're faced with a choice that we can either decide to give into the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty, all of these things that create these negative emotions that lead to panic attacks, heart attacks, you know, and all this other stuff. We can we can choose that. We can choose to ostracize our neighbor, not from a social distancing perspective, but for more of a, you know, hey, it's me versus them. That's a choice we're allowed to make. Or 
we decide the opposite and we decide, hey, we are in this as one human race. This is color, creed, religion, political alignment. None of this shit matters. What matters right now is banding together to take care of people. If you think about the statistic that, you know, there's there's a lot of fake news out there, which is going to be my second point that I think is really important. A lot of bullshit. Um, One of the bullshit things is, you know, uh, people from the age range of 20 to 40 are fine when they get this. Well, here's the thing. We're not fine because... The implication here is that I'm going to get over this. You're seeing a lot more people in that age range have a lot of complicated symptoms, but screw the symptoms, screw all that other stuff. It is a personal responsibility for each and every one of us to protect our neighbor because we are all intimately connected. The restaurant industry as a whole shut the fuck down because people were afraid to go out. Now, me, my job is to try to ease those fears, but I can't ease those fears if I also believe that they're at risk the moral dilemma hits there. So we can see that we need our customers. We need them to be alive. We need them to be healthy to come back, but also us and our families. So there's that. Pause there for a second. Anything to add on that? Uh, I don't have anything to add on that. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's the, it's the humane thing to do to take care of thy neighbor, right? Like it's, it's what we are. It's what's encoded inside of our DNA to we're tribal. We, we value each other. It's, it's, it's our instinctual thing to do is to take care of the collective, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Perfect. Um, it's crazy. We've got to like take a step back and realize we're in the hospitality industry. Like, let's just pause on that, right? Hospitality means that when you come into our house, you're treated good. We feed you. Uh, Thomas Keller, you know, has this amazing saying that in our nature as chefs, we cooked to nurture, you know? So when I think about that type of stuff, like what's the most nurturing thing you can do? Well, I don't know. Step one, keep somebody safe and healthy. So let's take that as, as entrepreneurs and restaurateurs and chefs and insert industry name here. So I think that that's a really important component. The second side of it, and the thing that I see popping up all the times that we're trying to push in the forums, really like kind of dissipate, is the incredible amount of misinformation that is being spewed constantly. So one of these these pieces of in, misinformation is that if you're young um, and healthy, you have nothing to worry about. What what's another uh, misinformation that's out there? Um, let's see, we could do a nine hour podcast on it at this point. Um, so there's things like, you know, people, when this started, oh, if you drink a solution of bleach, you're going to be fine. Well, first of what? all, you're an idiot, you know, maybe you shouldn't be drinking bleach. I don't think we have to write. Maybe that whoever down. thought that was true should just do us all a favor and drink the bleach. Right. <laughs> like this, you know, there's all this bullshit out there. Sorry, um, there's, you know, this going. thing is temperature sensitive. Um, so if you crank up your heat, you're fine. Uh, that's that's not true. I mean, this thing from the CDC's website, not me, um, starts to break down. And I believe 136 or 145. Please fact check everything. Like this, God, we live in an age. This is the thing that infuriates me. We live in an age where every single solitary thing that's ever happened in humanity is recorded on a six inch device that's in your hands 24 seven. If you can't get an accurate scientific, you know, yeah. <laughs> confirmation we got a bigger problem there. yeah uh, so there's that i i think that some of the other misinformation out there that's really important to kind of highlight is um certain treatments uh for this thing um 
you know, like there's a lot of bullshit on the internet of, you know, like I said, the bleach one, there was another one uh, talking about some pharmaceutical drug. Like there's all this stuff and we don't know. And like our job right now as in, as humanity isn't to try to figure out all the answers. There's a lot of very brilliant people doing that. Our job in humanity for the average person is to come together and, I'm not a religious person, but I'm just going to throw this phrase out there because we all know it. It's like actually love your neighbor. Yeah. You know, take care of each other. I mean, uh, and I think the other thing is that what we, why we need to come together and become a united industry is that we need to know what the best practices are because the faster we all get aligned, the faster we get through it. And I, I really do believe, you know, it, it's hard because the, the more that we fight against the reality of this thing, the longer the, we're just going to prolong the whole thing. But if we listen to our leaders and not everybody is, you know, loves our leaders, but at the end of the day, they are our leaders. Not everybody loves their boss, but if a business or any organization is going to be successful, they need to follow the leaders. They need to listen and get aligned and pull in the same direction. So regardless of your political stance and who's calling these shots, we have agreed to, you know, like in this moment, we have to get aligned regardless of what our other beliefs are. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Like, and, and, it, and that's hard because like, if you think about before Corona, think about the, just the divisiveness that existed, the right versus the left, you know, this person versus this person, this group versus this. And it's ironic that this coronavirus has the potential to somewhat bring us together if we allow it. Yeah. Now, that doesn't downplay the severity of it or the people who will get sick and lose their lives for that. There is an eternal amount of grieving to do. However, if we're at a precipice, you know, we talk about, we talk about the curve, um, you know, well, here's how we reduce the curve for humanity in general, not just from a sickness perspective, instead of inciting more and more and saying, well, this political person's divisive. And if this leader did a better job or this, per-, you know, screw all that shit for right now. What can I do today exactly. to bring a smile to somebody's face? Yeah. What can I do today to, to make sure that I'm leaving this planet just 0.1% better than I found it? Yeah. Um, so one thing you kind of, I think you alluded to it a little bit is this mentality that um, I, I think one of my concerns, I know that we, with the, when it comes to like financial aid um, and you know collecting unemployment, one of my concerns is that this thing, I think people think it's going to be like two weeks or a month and then that we'll be back to work and everybody's just going to collect unemployment. And I, I'm worried because I don't think that that's the case. I think that this thing's going to be pulled or prolonged far longer. And there's in the back of my mind, I can't help but think to myself, if you're an able body, if you're able to get another job, if you're able to do something else, I mean, should you maybe try before just defaulting to collecting a check from the government. I mean, like we're all pulling from that same honeypot and we need to stretch that sucker as long as possible. I mean, am I alone in this sentiment or did you, are you feeling the same way? Have you heard any chatter within the group along this, these lines? Yeah, we've, uh, you know, it's funny. It's, it's one of the major topics and rightfully so it really needs to be. Um, so I kind of got a little bit of two cents on this first and foremost, I always kind of say, I go back to what I do know. I know farming, I know food. Um, I know those type of things. And here's kind of how it relates to what you just said, uh, which again, I think is an excellent, excellent point, man. Um, Thank you. You're right. The honeypot's going to dry up. But instead of doom and gloom, I think what we need to do is listen to our leaders right now to make sure that we're quarantining or you know, social isolation. I think they're trying to uh, change the term to physical uh, physical. Um, whatever it is, isolation. Um, I think we do need to heed the warning now, right? Because we we need to reduce the curve uh, for sure as this thing will continue to build. When the other side of this comes, 
wherever, how long that is, when we start to find some sort of way that the leaders are like, hey, you know, we can start to go out again. Government is, is like, you know, we're over a bit of a hump. There's going to be some industries that need our help, first and foremost. Farmers. Um, I would say farms. Yeah. So here's the thing. We grew up in an agrarian society where, uh, well, we didn't, um, but our ancestors did, where agriculture is the backbone of so much of America. You know, you think about like 1977 and Earl Butts um, saying, you know, uh, buy out your farms, grow to ro- grow fence post to fence post. You know, America was founded off of ag- agriculture in so many different ways. This is a really interesting and unique time where we're going to need the support of our farmers who in a lot of ways we've ostracized, right? So I think that's the first and foremost. Um, a lot of uh, farms up here in, in our area, so I live in, in Milford, New Hampshire, uh, and a lot of the farms in Pepperell and Hollis, they'll use a lot of, of labor. Uh, a lot of our friends, you know, come from Jamaica. They'll use a Jamaican workforce who they pay really, really good. Uh, they build them homes up here because a lot of times, a lot of the workforce that is kind of living in this area, the average college student, for instance, um, doesn't want to do farm work. Um, one of our, our farmers, Carl Hills, um, who's the owner of Kimball Fruit Farm in Pepperell, Mass., uh, was asked at one of our farmers' dinners once. He's like, you know, why don't you employ some of some of our kids, you know, some of the college kids? And he goes, you know what? That's a great question. And I remember this moment because this moment will like is indelible in my mind. He goes, you know, when I, you know, when your your kids are growing up, you want to push them to be everything they can be. You want them to be lawyers. You want them to be doctors. You want them to be engineers. You want a better life for them. What you don't say is, I hope you're a farmer. Because the reality is farming is hard work. You get up, you pull insane hours, and it's physical labor for not much. You, so I think about that. Yeah. Um, and I, Sorry, keep going. I want to cut you short. Keep going. No, no worries, man. I, uh, I think about that, and that's one of my major concerns, not getting the labor that a lot of these farms needed to survive, um, who paid them very well. Who's going to step in? Who's going to start growing the stuff that we're going to need? What if there is a, a distribution issue with, with the food chain? And I, again, I don't think there's going to be. I don't want to doom and gloom this. But the ability for us to rally around agriculture is going to be an important par- part of this moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's one of my guests that I've had on the show is that, you know, it, the they, they, they kind of alluded that we were in need of a disruption, that the trajectory that the industry was on or just like the, our economy was on in general uh, was kind of ready for a disruption and, and that this this whole event in itself could be a silver lining, that it kind of gave us the kick in the ass we needed to get new perspective and to rethink how we're approaching certain things. And that might be true. Yeah, honestly, it, it, it really might be true. And here's the beauty of what you just said. Whether it's true or not, we are the ones who get to make it true. We are the we are the key holders to be able to say, as a society, we can move together and put more onus on the farms who can be sustainable. God forbid if something else happens down the road. Yeah, you know how can we continue to support local communities um, so that government doesn't have to step in and and feel this insane burden of okay, now I can take care of a country. Um, I understand that's government's job. I get that fundamentally, but. W- I, I'm not smarter. I'm never going to run for president, right? Like, what the hell do I know? I'm just some dude who cooked and owned some restaurants. At the end of the day, the, all I know the how intelligence to do is bar is pretty low on becoming a president, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> some would say, right? Um, <laughs> but, 
but that aside, it's like, it's like, I know how to help community. I know how to bring community in and, and to support local farms. And I think if we can just, we don't have to tackle how to cure or, or vaccinate the entire world against Corona. Right. It's like when people say, uh, you know, I'm going to change the world. I'm I'm not going to change the world. I'm not that ambitious, but I can change mine. And whatever we have, like you're a great example in this right now to kind of toot your own horn, man. Like this is your medium. This is your passion that you can send out to the world. So everyone who hears this, you have the opportunity, you have a talent inside of you that you can use right now to stop the spread of hate, to stop the spread of fear. Like you can use this talent to feed one person. And at the end of the day, it takes one. Mm. Well, thank you for that nod. Uh, but this is your time to shine, my friend. I appreciate that. But you're doing the same thing with this this, uh, this Facebook group. And so uh, uh, you're giving us a lot of great energy right now, a lot of great perspective. And I'm very fortunate for that and very grateful for that. Uh, what I would like to get, if you have any, is like is like best practices. What are people doing within their businesses to uh, slow the bleeding or to get creative? I mean, I've I had a uh, Chef Brad Checky on the show from uh, Sacramento, just like like an epic, like my last recording, and like he and his business partners are creating an app out of this, a curbside app for more slow food uh, restaurants or more fine dining slow food that weren't really tailored or built with the idea of delivery or pickup in mind. Uh, so they need a little extra, um, you know, organization and resources to to be able to serve their public or their, their customers. Uh, that, that's just one example of, of seeing a silver lining in disaster. Are there any other things that people are doing to get creative to, to um, not necessarily profit, but to slow the bleeding or at least break even until they get through this thing? Have you seen anything like that come through the group? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I can kind of speak to some of my experiences with friends and, and our business. Um, first and foremost, it, it's about social responsibility. And I think that, that that's going to change depending on the restaurant style that you own. If you are a takeout place to begin with, this is kind of in a lot of ways, business as usual, um, you know, where, where the, if you were primarily takeout, um, for us at Greenleaf in Milford, we were, um, you know, we were primarily dine-in. We're an upscale casual place um, where we we focus on fresh quality ingredients. You know, even we always say that we're that we're locally sourced and seasonally inspired. Um, so for us, the pivot was insanely hard in the beginning because we were like, you're wrestling with social responsibility. You're wrestling with not even being a year old um, as a restaurant. Uh, one of the things that's fortunate for us, though, is we were in the process of opening a sandwich shop just seconds next to the restaurant called culture and uh, it's culture bread and sandwich, old school sandwich shop. So we are indeed the model. We are indeed like all of the food. So we were able to pivot into a takeout menu that was inspired by what we were about to open with culture and also some of the favorites that we had at Greenleaf. Um, these conversations were incredibly difficult, but people like Don McCarthy, who's one of our business partners, the man's brilliant. You know, he was able to say, Hey, we've got to do something and we've got to do it now. And, you know, when a lot of us are feeling fear, this is a guy who's, you know, who's put millions of people through his events throughout the course of, of, you know, many years in the Boston community. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's afraid you want to push back. You want to, you know, just as business partners try to say, well, here's how I feel, but, having trust in that was huge. So for us, the takeout thing has done really well. Um, we're lucky. We're good at marketing. We're good at, I mean, chef is incredible. So there's that side of it. And then, you know, our team, uh, Rick, who's our GM, incredible human being. So uh, the pivot 
for us, even though excruciating on back of the house and everyone in general was tolerable. Some of the things that I'm watching people deal with is if you're an upscale casual restaurant, your food doesn't transfer to takeout, nope. you know? So how do you go about it? And some of the people are choosing to just stop. You know, when you close down a business, you're essentially freezing your assets there for a given point of time. Um, with a lot of the stuff that looks like it's coming from the SBA, the SBA loans that are getting enacted, um, these things can help stifle the bleeding. Nothing I've seen is a solution yet. And guess what? It's okay. I go right back. It's okay not to have a solution because now is the time for the solution. Now is the time for safety. The solution will come and there will be, you know, light at the end of this tunnel, well, but we're not halfway through the tunnel. Just to kind of compound on what you're saying, based off of the uh, 15, 16 interviews I've recorded in the past four days leading up to this chat, uh, when you say safety, that comes in the form of, I think right now, if I, I mean, if you share this with your, your people who are in your community, that comes to What's the long game? How can I how can I get lean? How can I get uh, how can I slow the bleeding? I mean, what can I do in my business right now to ensure that if this does and when this does pass, that I'm I'm available to rehire the people I had to left off. And I think that's it, it. Also, into what you're saying, it also means following our leaders and doing as they say, and and socially isolating and doing the responsible thing too. Uh, so I think it's a combination of what can I do in my business to make this hurt as little as possible. Uh, some of the things you can do is reach out to your insurance. Right, these are some of the things that have come up. Reach out to your insurance. You had to lay off maybe fifty, a hundred people. Your insurance plan is not the same now. You can save a lot of money there. Reach out to your landlords, get extension, lean out to, to your purveyors, get extensions, like whatever your biggest expenses are, the things that cost you the, mo- the most, look at your P&L. Those are the things you need to defer first, right? And stay liquid as long as possible. And then from there, what can I do to, you know, to, and then get rid of whatever unnecessary labor you need, right? So you can get, again, as lean as possible. Labor is a huge expense. And then from there, what can I do with the, the minimal uh, group I have my, myself, my partners and my GMs, right? Maybe it's five of you. What can we do to keep the ship afloat? And I think that's the, the, the pattern I've been seeing talking to these people. Is that kind of just to get specific? Is that the sort of thing you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, God, we had so many of those talks when we saw this coming, like we were right on the cusp of like, till everything started descending into madness. I mean, the first thing that even Don had us do was like sit down and write P&Ls, write, you know, uh, write all of our expenses, what's coming up. Uh, we, we deal with QuickBooks online a lot. So it's, you know, what was in QBO, what was about to go out? Like I ran a million different scenarios uh, to try to figure this stuff out. And I would ask other people who are in this business or who were, you know, just Titans in, in kind of their industry, how do you run, projections for something you could never project, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, we never, we're going to be a, a takeout place at Greenleaf. So how do you run projections well, on that when everyone else is now doing it? It's like, you know, you never open a business. You got, if, you got Nick Kakanis in your, your group right now. He's a dividends, the, the trader. He's a mathematician genius. Maybe he might have some answers for you. I saw him commenting on some stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's so difficult. And so that pivot is just excruciating to try to do, but what we were able to do that might be helpful for others is first have the scenario of just because the ship can float, should you sail it? And that's, we'll keep it in the, we'll keep it, I think, you know, keep it in the the Harbor. You know what I mean? You don't, you know, you don't have to take it out for, you know, a a five hour tour. You can just keep it, you know, in the safe place uh, and keep it afloat. I think is what I'm trying to say. Like you want to, 
take as little damage as possible, I guess is the, the lesson that I was trying to communicate. Uh, but what do you mean by whether or not you should take it out altogether? Are you saying, are you, are you should you just close up the doors? Is, is that the responsible thing to do at this point? Uh, so I, I certainly can't answer that because these are very personal questions that each person is responsible in their business to, to, to really decide on. You know, uh, as a dining group, we decided that we are first and foremost is, is always about safety and cleanliness. We're an yeah. open concept kitchen in Greenleaf. So to be honest, you know, you were our cleanly practice, our cleaning practices were extensive to begin with, but going down to a very, very small crew of basically just the owners, um, we had to decide you know, what is our personal responsibility and how can we mitigate risks to anyone out there? And so these are really hard decisions that I don't know if there's a right or wrong. I, I, and I don't think I'm qualified to even say it. All I know is these are decisions you have to make in within your group, but no matter what, it has to be about safety first. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts uh, you want to get out before we wrap up? I've been trying to keep these conversations down to 20 minutes, but uh, I figured with all the, the chatter and conversation, uh, this is the most together uh, industry uh, collective around the coronavirus I've discovered up to this point. Uh, so I figured, you know, I'd give you a little extra time to roll. Well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I, um, you know, a lot of the things that we're seeing emerge. So every, every day in the group, we're seeing kind of new trends emerge. And, um, you know, in the beginning, it was all about thank you for the group. Um, now there's still that sentiment of thank you for the group. Uh, and I appreciate that, but it's not about me. Um, now the trend that we're seeing emerge is people are really, really afraid. And, so everyone's trying to act at once. You're seeing a lot of GoFundMes for restaurants and personnel and virtual tipping events. And all of these things are really cool, but we need a little bit more cohesiveness throughout this process. Uh, the Greg Hill Fund, uh, I thought, was an incredible incredible opportunity for some huge heavy hitters in Boston to come together to help the industry. Um, so that was a place that we decided, hey, this is cohesive. It's backed by people who, who we know where this stuff is going. Um, right now, it it's there's a lot of chatter, and I think I alluded to this, and it, there's all this noise, and sometimes we just need a single whisper. So finding the first thing that I, I would say, if anyone's struggling and they're, they're a business owner, first thing that you need to do is take a deep breath. Second thing you need to do is go to the SBA's website. Um, I was on a webinar today uh, with the SBA. They're going to be having many more of these. Uh, I think they're doing a really great job and the best of their ability. If you're directly speaking to somebody over there, I'd love your contact because I'd love to get them on the show to talk about what they're sharing in their webinars. Just throwing it out uh, there. So I think that's where we can pull the forum. Um, okay. The forum right now is, or sorry, the group. Um, there's incredible amounts of people. I haven't spoken to anyone directly. I've been going to the SBA's website, and then there's links to webinars that are going on, as well as disaster relief for Corona um, specifically. So you can fill out all of that information and and apply for a loan, uh, which is important. Everyone should do that, in my opinion. Um, even burdening the system, this is what it's there for. Um, that helps mitigate some of the risk. Uh, one of the things that we're working on on the group that I think is going to be really important is we're trying to come up with a list of all assets um, and, and all applications, everything that we can kind of get our hands on to sticky that at the top so that it'll be a one-stop shop for people as they start to go through all this. Awesome. Um, 
Great. And I did mention uh, our friends over at Cannon Restaurant in Sacra, uh, Sacramento. They uh, developed that platform that I want to spread the word about because I think it's really cool. Uh, the pre, oh, I just pulled it up. I lost it. Um, what was it? It's a pickup fix, and that's P I C K. Uh, U-P-F-I-X-E. And I think that's really great for the people who don't have a traditional pickup model to, to ad- adopt. I want to make sure that's in the resources that are tied to this episode. What else, what other resources can you recommend that I can associate with this interview right here? Um, so one of the, you know, it might be unique um, when you're thinking about it because we're thinking about industry, but um, mental health hot- hotlines. Um, we're going to need to talk through this if you're talking in extended quarantine. Um, social isolation is is one of the, the precursors to really terrible things like suicide. Okay. Um, and I think it's really important to reach out. This is why we built this community. It's not there to bash anyone or to demonize anyone. We're there to say, hey, we're all in this together. So if you need to talk to somebody, um, obviously, please speak to somebody professional. But in the meantime, feel free to reach out to a lot of us. John, so we head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RCP. I'm uh, linking and summarizing all the conversations over there. And um, if, is there one person or two or three people within the community that you have going at uh, Industry United that you think I should get on the show to uh, make an example of? Because I know you have a lot of great people, a part of that group doing some cool things, and I would love to make an example of more of you. Oh, thank you. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's there's a bunch um, on there who are doing really great work. Let me throw you some names out there um, as we start to go on. But you'll see a lot of these people posting some really great stuff. Um, I just encourage everyone. It's not, you know, if you want to get on Industry United, I feel free. This is not about self-promotion and it is certainly not about Keith. Um, we want this to be a resource for everyone to come together and really kind of show unity and support. Beautiful. Um, Keith, thank you for taking the time to uh, help us spread the word about the resources that are out there and the right mindset to have uh, when going through this. Um, And I uh, just thank you for taking the initiative. Oh man, my pleasure. Thank you for your platform, dude. It's it's my pleasure to spread the word and uh, to serve. So don't mention it. All right. Thanks again to our friends over at Industry United, Keith and uh, Kate, uh, for doing what you guys are doing over there. I think there's a few more people involved, but uh, yeah, those are the first two names that come to mind. And I think the big takeaways, obviously, for this episode or from this episode are just togetherness, right? Uh, There's a lot of information out there. It's important not to be reactive. It's important to kind of you know, filter through the good and the bad and to, to lean into the good. And the, I think we pulled most of the good advice that's circulating and put that into today's conversation. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is what you can do. This has kind of been my mantra going forward. So focus on what you have control over. Don't focus on what you don't have control over. Just do what you can do in your immediate community and be there. Look, hospitality is all about warmth, generosity, neighborliness, and we need neighbors, distant neighbors more than ever right now. So, you know, don't go out hugging everybody, but definitely be there in any what in any way or form that you can get creative, find ways to be of value and just get out there and, and serve safely. Um, or even even that means staying in and serving safely. There's ways to be of value. So uh, again, special thanks to Seasoned.co, the Seasoned app. Uh, it is an app for the service industry, exclusively for the service industry. Uh, 
driving community, bringing us together during a time where we really need each other to come together. And again, that's season.co slash unstoppable available on Android and iOS. Uh, Go sign up for your free membership today. You don't always need a job. You don't always need an employee, but you always need community in luckily seasoned has all that. Uh, so go check it out. www.seasoned.co slash unstoppable. And that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. I think that's might be it for today's recordings. Uh, two episodes on a Sunday, not too bad. Uh, I plan on kind of revving up and going back at it hard starting tomorrow, uh, two to three episodes a week or sorry, two to three episodes a day. Um, until we, I feel like we have a grasp on this and whenever I, I find new information or new examples of things we can do to stay creative, I'll come at it with you guys and put people on my radar. Anybody doing unique or creative things out there that's, uh, of value to the industry or to, uh, the, the communities or restaurants are in, let me know so I can make an example of those folks. All right. Talk to you in a couple hours or no, never mind. Talk to you tomorrow and, uh, be safe. Peace out.